Twilight Zone has been brought to you by Push Button Lilt, the foam home permanent for neat and easy curler permanents and neat and easy roller permanents too. Lilt. And we're back. So we are moving on to episode number three of the Twilight Zone season one, which is called Mr. Denton on Doomsday from October 16th. 1959 written by rod serling and directed by alan reisner uh alan reisner was a tv director for a bunch of different stuff and it stars dan Dorea, who did a bunch of different things he's like a 1940s type of actor it's stuff that i've never heard of because we're talking a long time ago but Martin Landau also makes an appearance. Martin Landau is pretty famed, an actor of some fame, uh, died a few years ago. He was in a bunch of different things. Some people might know him here or there. He was in a bunch of stuff for, what's his name? Tim Burton. So he played okay. Bella Lugosi and Ed Wood. Oh. He was... He was actually in the animated Spider-Man series. Wait, really? He played the Scorpion, huh. I guess. Who knew? But um, I know him from playing Bella Lugosi and Ed Wood because I think he got an Oscar nomination at the very least for that. I don't know if he might have won. He's a fairly well-known actor. In this, he plays the villain, <laughs> basically. But he's been an actor for a long time. Mm -hmm. And he, he actually comes back a few years down the line in the Twilight Zone. Right. Mr. Denton on Doomsday, Rachel, you want to give the, the synopsis on what we're about to see here? So we're taken back to like the Wild West, you know, desert gunman type era, I guess. <laughs> I always feel like, did this actually ever happen in the world? Or is it always just on like a Western show? But um, mm -hmm. we're taken into like a Western and there's a, a drunk that apparently used to be a good shooter and people know him and everything, but he is now just a drinker and that's all he really could be. But the whole the whole idea with this one is that he kind of has to drop the drunkenness and pick up the gun again or, you know, there's a potential that he's just going to die. There's a, another person that wants to do a, um, it's not a shootout, but what is it, like a draw match with him? Yeah, yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into so, it. So, I mean, that's kind of like the whole idea is like what how does he either bring himself back to what he used to be or It's it deals continue with on. redemption. Right. And fate. And guilt and fate and Yeah. It's interesting because it feels <laughs> like a cliché story of It does. Westerns. It does. A little bit. And I don't know again if that's because this came out before the other junk or if it really is a cliche so so let's start like like you said it's in the old west i feel like and there's some episodes of the twilight zone that, that are in the old west i think that's twofold reasons one they were there were already sets built for the old west so it was easy to do stuff set in the west mm -hmm. and two westerns were extremely popular so it makes sense to do something po if the twilight zone were on today and it was you <laughs> think that a couple episodes would be like superhero driven or you know uh something like that sure like, because it, like, instead of like a western the hero it's more of a superhero yeah yes. yeah 
which I don't think any of the episodes of the new Twilight Zone did have superheroes in it. It was very societal conscious. Right. But if it would have lasted longer, who knows? But it is our first Western on the Twilight Zone. So Portrait of a Town Drunk is how it starts. And Al Denton is our uh, protagonist. And what happens here is a drunk gets tossed out of the bar and he looks pretty ratty. Mm-hmm. And we find a group of people follow him out. This is where Martin Landau comes in. And he is dressed in black. He, I put he looks like a creepy like Joker <laughs> character. Like Martin Landau is kind of a weird looking guy anyway. Yeah. But he looks creepy here. He makes Denton sing to get a drink. Yeah. And, uh, because like this is how like pathetic this guy is. He doesn't have any money. He's just a drunk. He's just, he's basically like trying. To, he's he's dancing for nickels. He's a at this point. He's the jester. Yeah, he is the jester. It's a good way to put it. And Denton, I said he looks like a uh, proto Roddy Roddy Piper. Um, he's got <laughs> like some disheveled hair. He does. No, yeah, he looks I a see little it. like Roddy Piper. I see it. But he obliges and he starts singing. And do you remember the song, Rachel? Do you want me to sing it for you? you go, go ahead, sing it for me. Come on, Denton. How dry I am. How dry I am. Charlie, can't you break that up? Nobody knows. I don't like it any more than you do. The How misery they give that guy out there. How dry I am. Nobody cares. How dry I am. How dry I am. <laughs> it's really bad. It's a really Which, bad like, song. It's supposed to be bad, obviously, but like it's even worse because this guy's just so pathetic. Mm-hmm. And he's just this laughing stock. Right. A- and the bartender and a showgirl inside the saloon are lamenting that they're making him do it. They're basically like, I can't believe that they're making him like go through with this. They're so mean to him. We don't really know why he's a drunk. We just know that he is a drunk. And the way that they're talking about it, they seem like they're just kind of very upset about the whole situation. Mm-hmm. So Landau breaks the bottle and then throws it at Denton. And Denton runs, grabs it, and starts like chugging down whatever he can. Right. Which, I don't know, clearly bottles back then di- built differently than they are now. But do you think he's drinking glass? <laughs> like... <laughs> There's glass and sand in there now. I, I would potential. And yeah, dirt. That's a potential. I guess if you're that big of a drunk, you just don't care. <laughs> I thought he was taking his life in his own hands because he's drinking some, some glass. Oh my God. In that broken bottle. So this is when the narration tells in. It tells us Denton's backstory about he's just how drunk he would give his soul for another chance. But there happens to be a peddler who just like in the last one there's a there was a peddler and this one there is a peddler although serling says that um it's parlance of the times so a peddler is what they were actually called back then Mm -hmm. as opposed to a pitchman um (laughs) and a rather fanciful looking little man in a black frock coat is there so there's this like salesman guy that looks like a buzzard kind of like he's an older guy but he has like a long face sure and while Denton falls asleep on the ground, the peddler looks at him, kind of like shakes his head and walks away, and a gun appears on the ground next to Denton. 
So, um, from there, <laughs> yeah, like just magically, like it would, it, if they wanted to make it so that it wasn't total fantasy, have the peddler place the gun on the ground right. next to him. Right. But it like shows up out of nowhere, which was a pretty good effect. No, like, yeah, you, I mean, I, you know how they did it, but like <laughs> still like it just kind of appears out of nowhere. It, it comes into frame. But what happens is we come back and Denton wakes up. And he finds the gun and he starts examining it. And he looks over as like a like a like a gorilla at a zoo. <laughs> with like look at if you handed him a microphone. He's like, what is this thing? Yeah, like, he does kind of look at it funky. Even though like he, he does know he's what it really is. trying to remember what it is. <laughs> right. Uh I said that the score is super annoying. It's like stock score in this one, but it's this annoying clarinet. That keeps like, wah, 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 that's, that like, kind of true. It's... I don't. I think that might be one of the things that I was like, oh god, about it. But <laughs> <laughs> I think it's supposed to be from something. It's from something, some sort of classical music. I just don't know what it is. Okay. We get another look at the peddler. I described his face as being very map looking. Lots of lines on this dude's face. You can draw the states on it. I think you can draw the states on it. All 50 would have been represented by this type. Oh my God. So the showgirl comes out. Ms. Smith, he says, um, comes to check on him. And she mentions that he used to be good with a gun. And he says, that was a long time ago. It's that prototypical archetype story of the broken man that used to be the hero, right? Right. She asks him... Uh, he hasn't held a gun in a long time, and she says she blames the liquor. She basically says, like, it's probably because of that, all that booze you've been drinking. And she asks him, like, why does he do it? Why does he keep drinking? And he says he doesn't know. He just picked up the habit one day and never, never stopped. stopped. Yep. Which is probably a pretty good allegory for alcoholism. I think it is, yeah. Because he calls it a habit. He's like, I just picked up the habit one day and didn't stop doing it. Although we get we get the reason for why he did it later Yeah, but on. he continuously so stays drunk so he doesn't remember. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah, because yeah, cause I guess when he does eventually tell him, he's sobering up at that point. Right. So Landau and company come back out and taunt him again. And they make him sing again. And she pleads with him not to do it. She's like, don't demean yourself. Do not do this. Right. You don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. You'd, you'd make a deal with the devil before you like humiliate yourself here. But he acquiesces and he sings again. Of course. This time, this time it's super pathetic and he starts to cry. Yeah, it's he, very like, sad at this point. Because <laughs> he like realizes what he is. He's just so pathetically like miserable. Yeah. Landau basically is like, all right, fine, get in the saloon, rummy, go get your drink. So he starts to go in, but before he can, Landau sees the gun in his hand. He's like, wait a minute. Like, just like schoolyard bullies, these guys are. They are. They really are. So he starts to taunt him again, and he basically challenges him to a draw. And they're in the saloon at this point, Be. Oh, well, no, no, they're like on the steps of the saloon at this point, challenging to a draw. If I'm the bartender, I'm like, can you guys go do this out in the streets? <laughs> yeah, like, why aren't you doing this inside? What are you doing? Landau basically forces him. And this is where you get, I don't know, Rachel, if you were to type in Martin Landau, Twilight Zone, I kind of wonder if this is one of the images. Because he 
bends at the knees. I'm going to stand up so that I can do it because it is the weirdest stance. So he does like this type of stance where he's going to like fight him. Yeah, it's like almost like, like a grappling, like he's about to do a grapple and wrestling or something. And he's built so he's built like the Joker. So he's like tall and really lanky and it's just it's very unsettling. <laughs> it's the creepiest thing in this episode. It's just weird. But he cuz he's such a weird looking guy and he has this stringy hair. He's got this like big strand of hair coming down past his eyes. Oh yeah. All greasy like. It's just he's very off-putting. <laughs> I think that's the yeah. idea, though. And, like, and he is also wearing the dark clothes, so he is supposed to be the bad guy. Right. Sure. Sure. He's got the black hat on. You know, you pick the white hat or the black I hat. Mean, good guy or bad guy. He's doing a very good job. Oh, yeah. He's he's very... He, he is a very good actor. Um, it's just that... All right, he's like... Ugh. Like, he's got, <laughs> like, his mouth open. It's just very odd. Yeah. And Denton tries to have Miss Smith explain... Why he won't, why he won't do it. He, he's just like, I, I can't do this. I won't do this. But as right. he's doing it, he's kind of like twirling the gun around in his hand and it goes off and shoots the gun out of, we, we end up learning that, that Martin Landau's character's name is Dan. It shoots it out of that guy's hand. Right. And the peddler kind of looks pleased and the group celebrates because he's like, wow, what a shot. Like you shot it right out of his hand. Like, he did, um, though. <laughs> he was just swinging it around. But I guess they thought it was, like, a a, a game or, like, a like ploy. A trick shot? Yeah. yeah, he was just playing with him. Like, oh, I'm so drunk, I won't do this. Shoot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> because the group celebrates, and they bring they Denton do. back into the bar. And I kind of wonder if this is one of those situations. Because all these people, maybe they go through town, but they all come back to this town. And what we learn later is that Denton would be well-known. So mm -hmm. he's probably like a local legend to kind of see him come back to do something that you've always heard about. Yeah. It is probably like, wow, I, I can't believe it. He, the, the legend is true. He is like a great shot or whatever. But then Landau is pissed because he's been embarrassed. <laughs> yes, he is. He's yep. he is bit. He's humiliated. In, in this. Yeah. Manure. And, hmm? Manure. Well, I hate manure. He, yeah. <laughs> and he comes back in and he wants to draw in the saloon so like now again if i'm the bartender it's take like guys <laughs> take it outside there's no way that you don't have a gun it's the old west like right. you could take a gun out and be like all right fellas take it outside mm -hmm. but they act like they're just gonna draw right there in the saloon which is so bizarre to me it's, it's a bit asinine it is it just feels like they didn't want to, they didn't, it feels like they didn't have a whole setup outside to be able to film it, right? So they were like, ah, just do it in the saloon. They could only do the one angle, so they couldn't, yeah. like, get from the other the, angle. <laughs> if they shoot from the other angle, they're gonna see telephone poles and right. stuff, so they can't shoot it that way. But he go basically, Lando goes to shoot him, but the gun goes off again yep. for Denton. And it breaks this ceiling light, like yeah, the, the chandelier. chandelier. Yeah. And it kind of stops him from being able to shoot again. It falls right in front of uh, Landau, and it and it prevents him from getting shot. Mm -hmm. the, the rest of them are really excited. And they are like, wow, Mr. Denton, like, you did that shot. And they, they're calling him Mr. Denton. 
<laughs> and he is like, wait, what did you call me? Yeah, he kind of does it in like a, a bit of a, a, what did you call me? That would but, like scare but, people. But the reason that he's saying it that way is because he's like, he re- recognizes that they respect him again. Right. They're saying, they're calling him Mr. Denton. Which is more respectable. Respect. Yeah. So the bartender offers him a drink and um, he turns it down. He's kind of like, you know what? I think I've had enough. Like he kind of recognizes that he's won the respect back. So he's going to stop drinking. Mm-hmm. The other conclusion to this could be that he stopped drinking because he realizes what's coming. Right. And he thinks he needs to sober up. I prefer to think the former. No, I, no, I think that makes sense to me. No, I, I kind of, I wish it was the, he's sobering up because of the respect that he realizes he can still have. I, I prefer that. I, I agree. Yeah, it's gotta be, I mean, the whole episode is about redemption and fate, so right. that kind of makes sense that he feels like he's kind of redeemed. I was, so he, he rejects the drink, and then he bitch slaps Martin Lando on the way out. <laughs> Yeah. Which is a nice little touch. So then he basically tells the story to Ms. Smith about what happened, which it turns out that he used to be the best gun in the town or in the area. And he was so good, someone would come to town. He says each day, which I find <laughs> to be a little ridiculous. I think I think he's remembering it incorrectly. But someone would come to town each day and challenge him and they would try to outdraw him right which is uh of course i feel like it's got to be a western cliche how many duels could really have been going on back then well the whole idea is the idea to kill the other during a draw or is it to disarm or is it to just point it i don't i would assume you got to shoot the gun right which which then i think that you're shooting to kill right I'd imagine that would happen a lot because now you're just pointing and shooting. But it's some like in this, it feels like it's a disarm, disarm only. Feels, yeah, and this is <laughs> disarm only. It does feel a little bit like they're playing by um, second year rules. At the same time, I don't know because like he, because what we find out is one day a sixteen year old came. Right. In town, and he killed him. Right. Was he shooting this 16-year-old dead? I guess. And I don't know. And it's hard to tell. Did he know he was 16? Did he mean to kill him? Did he feel like he had to kill him? Like, they don't go into details of it. No. And I'm half wondering but if af- he didn't know he was after- 16 until afterwards, and he looked at his face, and he realized, oh my god, wait, this is a kid. Right, yeah. So, yeah. So, and then he... And they kind of say, like, he started to fall off even before that. He would get drunk so that he could forget about killing the previous person. Sure. And he got drunker and drunker, and he started earlier and earlier because of it. And after he killed the 16-year-old, he he just becomes a total drunk. Yep. And he loses his ability to shoot. So, and he basically sounds like he knows that word will get out that he's back. This time... It sounds like he's planning a suicide miss- mission. Okay. He basically is planning, I think, to not shoot back and let the guy sh- kill him. Or he thinks he can't do it. He thinks, like, this is all a fluke. 
So he's gonna try, but he knows he's so bad with a gun now that it doesn't matter. Yeah. So he knows the guy's gonna come, and he's just kind of preparing. Because he's like, I'm gonna go get a shave. He wants to look good for what he thinks the is Undertaker. gonna be, like, his last duel. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I think that is what he says. I think that's what he says, yeah. Or something similar. This is kind of the same backstory that Gene Wilder has in Blazing Saddles. I don't know if you've ever watched Blazing Saddles, Rachel, have you? I have. Yeah, so it is kind of the sim- a similar backstory that he has in that, right? Yeah, it does kind he of says, feel that way. He said because he's got he's got the jittery hand yeah. after shooting a kid or something like that. So again, I don't know if this is a trope of westerns or Maybe if it, it is. Maybe it is one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm like the best gunman, and then all of a sudden I do something that makes me regret it, which tends um, to so- sounds like it tends to be I'm, I killed a kid, but. Um. <laughs> Well, and I was trying to figure out, I can't imagine this is what, this is me reading it with a modern lens, but I was like, is this supposed to be like a toxic masculinity story or even a story about masculinity? Because it's, it's, because you have to be it's the like, biggest and the baddest and the Yeah, it's the like, best. Why, are, why are these people coming into town to test him? What are they gaining from this? This macho head game of like, I'm going to come into town and I'm going to prove that, that I'm, I'm better. I'm the better gunman. A pissing like, match, it, if you will. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a dick measuring contest. I mean, which I cannot imagine that Serling was clearly progressive, but and ahead of his time on some stuff. But I cannot imagine that he would have been thinking that way. Right. No, because I don't think that's even was even really a thought then. It was like a real idea then. But it is a way to view it through a modern lens. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, is it kind of saying something about how stupid it is to like, well, and I guess you could, it doesn't have to be about masculinity. It could just be, don't try to one up yourself to be the best or don't feel like, again, back to the future. Like if somebody calls you chicken, right? um, you don't have to, you know, answer to that. I'm I'm three for three on these Back to the Future. You references. really are. That's actually a good one though too. I mean, there is a Western <laughs> in Back to the Future as well. So there is a Western in Back to the Future, <laughs> and there is a draw match. There and there is it all. I kind of want to know now if Robert Zemeckis was just a big fan of season one of Twilight. So, <laughs> so we come back. He's shaved. He got his hair cut. He's looking very dapper. Someone comes to his little, like, shacky house and is like, you Danton? And he's like, yeah. And tells him that, well, there's this guy, Pete or Paul, can't remember his name. Short name. And um, boy, he's coming. He looks like pretty boy. <laughs> I remember him looking a little bit like Brock Lesnar. I don't know if that's no, true. He, he just had, like, like, a curly blonde hair. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't yeah. look like Brock Lesnar at all. Are you kidding? <laughs> he, he looked. Yeah, you're right though. He does have like um like a he has like He's a baby like the face. Prince came in. You're like, oh, Prince Charming is here. <laughs> like, what is happening? <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Pete, <laughs> Sam, I didn't, I didn't mean Saul. To say it that way. Short name. Pete Grant. Pete. Pete. You're hitting that hard P with Pete Grant. Anyway, <laughs> Denton says he will be at the saloon, and he kind of realizes that there's no backing down. So once again, why can't he back down from this? Why does he have to do this? 
Is this some sort of contractual obligation? He's a cowboy. Yes. This, you are now a cowboy. You are obligated to take every um, match that is set in front of you. I just don't understand. They challenge you. Like, you have to accept it. You don't have to accept it. It's not like it's not even like he walked up and slapped him with a glove right, he's and not challenged like him to a duel. his life. He's just like, hey, you want to do this? This sounds like fun. I heard you're the best here. I'm the best over there, and let's do this. I really don't understand it. it like I just it, it's like a if match. someone can if someone can write in and be and like was this a cult? Yeah, what's a what is the modern equivalent to having to accept a duel where you're going to be shot? Well, what, and like you had to, well, not like the modern equivalent of that, but like yeah. a, the modern equivalent of the idea you have of to it. accept this challenge. This challenge, yeah. What would be the modern equivalent? I don't know. Because that doesn't happen. I'm just going to stick with my chess match. I feel like if somebody is, if, if a chess player challenges another chess player, they have to play that game of chess. Yes. <laughs> that, that's, that's the unwritten code of chess. Yes. Is that you have to play this game of chess if someone challenges you. That, that's right. Chess players that are listening, let us know if, if your city, if, does a chess board need to be present? Or if you just know that that's a, a chess player and you're like, I challenge you to a game of chess. Yes, and then they have to set the date and the time for the match. <laughs> It'll be at the saloon. <laughs> I don't I know mean, if the saloon like has a chess table, but yeah, I get you. I was like thinking Central Park, the third chess table from the right. <laughs> yes, meet you at the third, the third chess table. <laughs> I mean, I guess all of those folks, the folks that play at the park and just kind of do, you know, sit yeah. there all day playing chess, I guess they would. Oh, they have to. Yeah, they're obligated. They, they have to <laughs> accept your challenge. For any folks that are in the New York area around Central Park, um, please let us know if you just go challenge one of the one of those chess chess uh, people. Do they just have to play you? Someone test this theory. <laughs> Go challenge a chess ma- a player to a duel, please. <laughs> Take out a glove, slap him, see what happens. And write into us. Let us know. <laughs> don't don't actually do that. Don't actually do that. Don't slap don't him in the face. Liable. No, no, no. You don't. Try, you can still challenge them to a chess duel. I don't see a problem <laughs> with that at all. <laughs> no, that's just a friendly game. Exactly. No, well, I mean, it could be. It could be kind of fiery. You never know. Yeah, I get, yeah, you never know. I do kind of want to know, though, if somebody does have, like, a thought of what the equivalent today would be. Like, I cannot imagine, in the wild, someone walking up to me and being like, you, Kevin? And I'm being like, yeah. And they're like, I'm gonna challenge you to Simpsons trivia. Like, I, like what would You'd the... You'd have to. <laughs> you can't say no to that. <laughs> I don't know what the equivalent. Is. I'm trying to think of something like the listeners know we might have some knowledge about, but what what is what is that? I mean, maybe it's like a video game thing at this point now. That's true. I do believe I would I would believe that that happens a lot on Twitch where it's like I got to find loves to spooge because I got to <laughs> challenge him to, you know, a game of NBA 2K Ooh. or or FIFA or whatever. Oh, yeah, we're so going, I can we're going prove back I can now. Beat him. <laughs> so anyway, 
So he decides to go practice shooting and he's terrible at it. So it's not like he's gotten better suddenly. He's he's still bad. Like he needs practice. He's totally out of practice. Probably can't even do it anymore even if he had practice because he's he's, you know, destroyed his hand-eye coordination. He hears a noise and it's the peddler is outside and the peddler gives him kind of a look. And Denton thinks that he's like trying to sell something. So he comes out and Denton, he's, he, God, I wish I could like think of a good, like I was thinking like his acting reminded me of something, but I just couldn't put my finger on it. But he's kind of whiny. A little. Yeah. Like he's kind of like, look, I'm not trying to buy anything. Like that's kind of the way he talks. He's got a whiny tone to his, his, his uh, voice. Yeah. Which I think is because he just wants to be left alone. And he thinks that he's going to get shot tomorrow. So he's like, I don't want to buy anything. (laughs) But the peddler is like, no, 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 Mr. Denton. I have something for you. And he has a potion. Tells him, or you could call it an elixir. But he tells him it will solve his problem. Because the man who drinks it will become the fastest of the fast. And of course, he's talking about shooting the gun off. He'll become the fastest of the fast. And... He says it only lasts for 10 seconds. It'll let you hit what you're aiming for exactly. It's right in the spot that you're aiming for. So the peddler, who looks a little bit like Jim Varney, I thought, <laughs> Ernest. He does. A little bit, yeah. He's like, oh, hey, Miss Britton. I got this elixir for you. <laughs> add that to the list. Can we add that one to the list? Because I haven't watched it all in a long time. <laughs> We can, do, we can do the whole damn series. Oh, God. <laughs> the only two that I, like, remember are the Christmas one and the Halloween one with Miyak. Right. Yeah. Miyak? <laughs> Maybe he just needed some Miyak. Maybe that's what the elixir is. is <gasps> that Miyak. is what it is, is Miyak. So, <laughs> so he lets... I don't know why that one got me. I don't know. I'm just thinking of Ernest being like, I got some meag for you, Mr. Ten. I think it's like skim milk. Because like when he drinks it, it looks like it's skim milk. Anyways. I eat success for breakfast. breakfast. With skim skim milk. milk. (laughs) Where are we at? So He, um, He gives him a free sample. He gives him a sample and he's able to shoot the like a lamppost. Mm-hmm. which I counted because I was like, I don't know if this is 10 seconds. And then and then I was like, oh, maybe it is like five because then the peddler is counting the 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. He and, and he offers him a freebie, basically. I thought a little aggressively, kind of like a drug dealer. He's like, take it. <laughs> he gets like, whoa, geez. Yeah, um, a little forceful. Maybe he just so made it. Pe- that's why it doesn't actually last that long. It's really just water sugar water you think he was doing like a uh, placebo effect he was like you had it inside you all along mr denton i think so i think it's a snake juice type of thing you know what what is not snake juice what do they call it uh snake oil snake oil i think it's a snake, snake oil juices from barks and rec <laughs> we are we are referencing the hell out of this episode i don't mean to it just it's happening it's just happening but I do think it's it might be like a, a fake elixir. I mean, I guess because it is the Twilight Zone and it is supposed to be a bit more magical, it could well, yeah, be but something. But that would technically be the second episode where we're accusing the 
the uh, fantastical character of being kind of tricking the protagonist being into smarmy. his own fate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is possible. Like you said, it's the Twilight Zone. They're all, ah, they're all kind of like that. Like, they're, they all kind of, they, it's one man writing these and he kind of has, you know, the same thoughts yeah it, it, i mean it's also kind of a monkey paw-ish you know it's like oh okay it just, is this thing actually like doing something it's magical yeah. it's weird you know it's a peddler that's why i keep thinking of that as well he's a yeah that's right that's the second episode in a row with a salesman <laughs> peddler and the uh, <laughs> peddler it's a peddler <laughs> the peddler gives him some mm. and he says like you can just take it for free henry j fate is his name Okay, oh God, really that's not even subtle. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although his tagline of fate stepped in, that's a hell of a good tagline. That is good because he is fate then. Yeah, fate steps it's, in. That, that almost makes me think even he if changed he, like, even if he is the embodiment of fate, like we had the embodiment of death True. before. True, again, yes. Then it's that or he changed his name to yes. be able to have that tagline exactly like, he came up good. with a tagline and went oh wait a minute what if i was fate oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hell of an idea that's a hell of an idea <laughs> so denton the next day is waiting at the saloon and again i was just like what is the point of this there's a doctor there i guess to declare one of the dead <laughs> or to your like why is there just a doctor here just the town doctor um, it's a tiny little strip kev i mean come on the town doctor's always probably at the bar <laughs> i mean i guess but the way that they feature them, no, like oh yeah mean. the doctors doctors here so we can get started like <laughs> and grant shows up paul grant i had the name later in the in my notes his reveal is framed very well paul it's pete i thought um isn't it pete oh you're right pete Paul. Pistol Pete. P- yeah, How dare you? Pete, whatever. How dare you name him Paul? His name is Pete. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. Besmirched his name. I apologize to the actor <laughs> and to the character Pete Grant. Do you just use so, his real name in the show? <laughs> no, no, no. I just, I don't have his that name. That great. Me. I'll just go by Pete Grant. It's fine. <laughs> this actor can't respond to anything but his real name. So... He looks quite young compared to Denton. That's clearly done on purpose. Right. And again, they're just going to do this in the saloon? Yeah, again. Yep. Everybody's just kind of like pressed against the walls. They like run away from Denton because they're like, this is going to happen. Okay, let's think about this for a second. They're going to shoot each other for one. So let's say one of them shoots and misses. So now there's going to be some damage to this saloon. Or a possible ricochet. Or a ricochet that's going to shoot and hit some innocent bystander. Yep. Maybe that's why the doctor's there. (laughs) To take care of the person that did not consensually agree to this duel. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What if it hits the doctor? (laughs) He'll be fine. (laughs) Ah, It's fine. It's fine. The bartender also is also the the stand-in doctor. That's how I always picture yeah, I mean, a western. Back then, why not? Like that—that's about as good <laughs> as you were. Some gonna of get. the alcohol pours it on the wound. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. Just walk it off. Uh, it's kind of festering. You'll probably be dead in a couple of days. Whatever. We'll cut um, it off. Or the shot hits, 
and the guy slumps over, and now you just have blood all over the floor. Yep, you gotta which clean I that get. Out. It's a saloon, but you have to clean this up now. Yeah, it's probably typical. They just hose it down. It's fine. <laughs> <sighs> get out the hose. <laughs> That is what water was was for back in the back in the old west. It wasn't well, I, for drinking. I would never drink that water. Ugh. It was for <laughs> it was for cleaning the saloon floor. Oh, after duels, yes. <laughs> after draws. After daily draws. <laughs> yeah, daily your daily draw. Oh, it's six o'clock. It's almost time for the draw. Get the hose ready. Get the hose. Denton goes and drinks the potion. Mm-hmm. But then he notices that Grant is also drinking a potion. So yeah, I guess we're, su- we're supposed to believe here that Grant also had a... F- a run-in with the peddler? Yeah, a run-in with fate. <laughs> so this is when... So they both draw, and they shoot, and they hit each other in the hand. Yep. In the shooting um, hand. In their shooting hands. <laughs> I do love... That the doctor stands up and is like, "No winner, gents. No winner." Like, <laughs> yeah, like he it's was a also, draw. Yeah, he's like, like all the ref. <laughs> yeah, like not only was he the doctor, but he was also the referee. <laughs> so, like, for all of you that are going to go out and challenge each other in chess matches, make like, sure, make sure you have a doctor there. Yep. Doctor hat must that can be present. Stand there. To be your rep. And if the if your chess game goes down to a draw, have him make sure to be like, no winner, gents! No winner! It's a draw! <laughs> so my question to you is this, Rachel. Did fate make it so both of them hit each other in the hand, thus making it? Because what, what ends up being declared is that they kind of, the doctor looks at both hands and is like, you can't shoot anymore. Like, neither of them can shoot anymore. Right. It'll and be, It'll be slow so, and it'll be, you know, hard to do. Yes. Yeah. So, did Denton do that? Because that would mean technically that Grant also didn't want to kill Denton? I have a feeling or, that's true. Or did fate do that? <clears throat> and... It just kind of like. Well, I th- I bet here it, this this is here's my here's my idea. Okay. 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 So <clears throat> we know that Denton doesn't want to actually shoot and kill the kid. Okay. We don't know the kid's backstory, but mm-hmm. I'm wondering if he was pressured into becoming the best oh, shooter. Okay. So maybe he doesn't actually want to do this either, but he feels forced again to duel mm-hmm. somebody in order to right. like continue on. Right. And fate is, is he's got to get to the state championships. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and he's just like, I really don't want to do this though. And I think fate stepped in to be like, look, you don't have to, and I'll make mm-hmm. it so you don't have to do this anymore. I like that interpretation. That That is my interpretation of this. Yeah, yes. I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Because I was, I was legitimately confused as to like, okay, who was <laughs> wishing for what? Did Fate just do all of this to just get them both out of the jam? Right. Because like clearly he well, went because... to Fate or Fate went to him. Like, Yeah. Because, I mean, Grant that... is the old, uh, Pete is the new. Right. Wait, not but, Grant. But Wait, Pete... Grant and Pete the same. No, Denton is the old. Denton. <laughs> Denton is the old. Grant is the new. <laughs> And Grant now doesn't have to ever feel that guilt that um, Denton does feel. 
And Denton feels yeah. now like I don't have to do this and I can now live my life and not be a drunk and I feel redeemed. Right. And he saved, and started... he saved another soul, technically, too. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> that's true. I almost went into the song from Shock Treatment, which is the sequel to Rocky Horror, which we'll get to one day. It'll be a while, but we'll get to it. Um, I don't think I've ever seen Shock Treatment. It's a weird-ass movie, but well, the so songs are good. And it, it takes place in a town called Denton so there's a song oh. that's like and I don't again I don't know if I don't know if this is a ref that's reference um but again everything goes back to this twilight so it, it kind of feels like it now huh um <laughs> so they both can't shoot and Denton tells Grant that he can no longer ever shoot again in anger and he's been blessed yes. like he he tells him like this is a blessing you just don't realize it so Denton is, uh, it's basically alluded to that, like, Denton's going to get to live a long, happy life because he doesn't have to shoot anymore. Right. That's our happy ending. So the peddler and Denton kind of nod to each other, and the peddler leaves the town. And that's the end of the episode. And I uh, do not have the closing narration in front of me. Mr. But... Henry Fate, dealer in utensils and pots and pans, liniments and potions, a fanciful little man in a black frock coat, who can help a man climbing out of a pit, or another man from falling into one? Because, you see, fate can work that way in the Twilight Zone. Thank you very much. See? Everybody can do a Rod Serling. <laughs> but I mean, but that's exactly what I was trying to say before, too, is like, he helps one man climbing out of the pit and stops another man from falling in it. Right. Yep. So that is the end of Do uh, I almost called him Dr. Denton. I, uh, Mr. <laughs> Denton. What's with you a doctor today? I want everyone to have the title of doctor for some yeah, reason. Dr. Death and Dr. Denton and doctor. Because <laughs> it's alliteration. You know how much I love alliteration. Oh, we love alliteration. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is Mr. Denton on Doomsday. It could be Dr. Denton on Doomsday. That would be way better. <laughs> I don't know why he'd be a doctor, though. I mean, like I said, everybody is the town doctor. Everyone's point. the town doctor. They're also a referee and a bartender. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rachel, it is, we've come to that time where we decide if this episode of Twilight Zone goes on the shelf. So are you putting Mr. Denton on Doomsday individually on on your shelf? So funny thing with this one, it was like rewatching it. I'm like, oh, it's a Western. And then watching, I'm like, oh, it's actually kind of interesting. And I liked watching it and it was enjoyable. However, I don't think I would put it on the shelf. Again, I would put it in the box. You know, you can read it or, or you can read it. You can watch it. Um, and then just also kind of... get the towel play and read it. <laughs> and then just, you know, put it away. It's fine. You You saw it. It's good. It was kind of fun, um, but I don't think it actually belongs on the shelf. I guess the way that we, I guess the way that we're doing this because we're doing this because there, it's an anthology. We can do this episode by episode and decide which episode wants to be on the shelf. I mean, overall, spoiler alert: Twilight Zone's probably going to end up on the shelf. So if you're gonna buy the season, oh yeah, the, the box set the is on the shelf. Yeah, then this probably is on the shelf. But you know what I mean. But. <laughs> Yeah, but 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 we're doing it. Yeah, we're we're analyzing this individually. And you can buy the individual seasons, I'm sure, or the individual episodes, I'm sure, individually. So, yeah, you know, I mean, maybe some digital. people want to do that. They just want to get they self. just want to get digital copies of the the ones that we recommend or something. Who knows. But I'm kind of there with you. So, 
I don't think the story totally works, but now that you kind of you've you've changed my mind on it with with oh. your explanation, I I do think it works <laughs> better than better than what I was thinking when I first watched it sure. or when I watched it for the show. But I do think it makes you care about the characters. I think the I think again acting's good. I think everything's good about it. I do think that it's worth a watch. Don't skip this one. But again, I I'm with you. I don't think it makes my shelf. Um, but it is worth watching. Right. And it's I guess like you say, like maybe it's in the box, but it's it's not on your shelf. It doesn't it doesn't have a place uh, of prominence. Sure. Or it could just be one that you stream for a night and there it goes. You yeah. Know? I mean, but it, it is I think it, it's a kind of like just a fun one to watch. Yeah. I, I was just kind of surprised when I was like, Oh, it's a western and then I was like, Oh, actually I'm kind of interested in what's gonna happen. <laughs> Yeah, because I I always think that too. I don't know why I have that idea, but like I saw like, oh boy, it's a Western. Like I thought it was going to be like super hokey or kind of bad. Sure. But it wasn't. It was, it's perfectly fine. It had a story. Yeah. It had its, its little moral, I guess. I guess it's not really a moral. Eh. It's something. It's It's something. Parable. Parable. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. it It doesn't have like a a hell of a moral at the end of it but yeah so yes we've kind of keep going even though um we're kind of short-circuiting here uh it's getting pretty late here in the twilight zone yeah but um, i can't even what time is it i don't even know what time it is well see that's what clock weird. doesn't isn't seem it's to be truly working. not, it's not working. moving it's not working for you either no that is okay because mine is truly not working so <laughs> it... That is, that's weird. Yeah. What time is it? I don't know. It's, my watch it's... says something different than my phone says something different than my computer says something different. I don't even know what time it is. And the I've got a clock on the wall and I mean, it's dark in here, but it feels like the second hand just keeps going backwards. Which, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but it's yeah. kind of weird. <laughs> All right, Vince. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, that is our episode here and let me give you the uh before we go to a word from our sponsor or our fake sponsor next time on the twilight zone the motion picture projector and this film provide a background into the next story when a most distinguished actress takes a journey into the twilight zone when we come back it's the 16 millimeter shrine on shelf life in the Twilight Zone.